Welcome to the podcast of St. Basil the Great Catholic Church in Brecksville, Ohio, with homilies, talks, and interviews relevant to your Catholic faith. God bless you and enjoy. This is Tommy Dahm, and I am very happy to be joined by somebody you may know, you may hopefully remember, especially when you hear his voice, and that is Father Doug Brown. Hello, parishioners of St. Basil the Great. Great to be with you again. Father Doug, what year were you ordained, Father? 2006, on May 13th, the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima. Oh, very nice. That's wonderful. And your first assignment was? St. Basil the Great. So I was there from 2006, June of 2006, to about April of 2010. Great first assignment. Really a terrific place. Good people. When I left, I said, you don't get good priests, you make priests good, the people hmm. there, because hmm. they're just really terrific. Good place. That is a good compliment. Awesome. And now you are here. Right now we are on campus at Father Doug's parish, which is? Mary Queen of Peace. We are a merged parish. We came together, Our Lady of Good Counsel in Corpus Christi in 2010, and the campus of Our Lady of Good Counsel. And so I became pastor at that time. I've been here ever since. So you were the first... First and only at this point. Okay, of the of the merged parish. Right. Yeah. Awesome. And where is this church? We are in Old Brooklyn, the Cleveland neighborhood of Old Brooklyn. If you know the zoo, we're right down the street from the zoo. Well, Father Doug, I wanted to bring you, and you were the first priest who came to mind when I thought about this topic, which was the Catholic devotional life and having a well-rounded spiritual life. Our church is so wonderful. We have all seven sacraments. Some we receive once, some we receive once a day, if if possible. But that's not all. That's not all. God has so many other graces he wants to pour out upon us. So there are so many, I guess, optional things that really could help our spiritual life flourish. And so I thought about Father Doug, and he's a, he's a man of prayer. I first met Father Doug when he was just Doug in the seminary. Uh, we were in the seminary for two years together. And his prayer life and devotion really impressed me. It was every morning when we gathered in the chapel for morning prayer, he was always the first one there. And then also, I remember you saying, it was a couple years, I think, into your priesthood, we were at a, uh, some meeting late at night, it was going past nine o'clock, and you were just fading, you know? <laughs> that's usual. <laughs> but that's because you wake up early, and you wake up early to pray. I and still I, do. I think it was something like <clears throat> you were getting up at, at, at five or something. I get up at four now. Right. And that's yeah. the thing. And you and you said, yeah, I started getting up at four. <laughs> Just, you know, because and you didn't even like explain why, but I, I knew why. It was because you were you were getting in a holy hour. You know what I mean? So that's impressive and truly a, a heart for prayer, communion, and communication with God. So let's get into some of these Catholic devotions that really round out our spiritual life. So one I know is important to you, important to me as well, is the rosary. Absolutely. I mean, the rosary is what Padre Pio often called uh, his greatest spiritual weapon, and I agree with that 100%. Mm-hmm. I find that the prayers of the rosary bring me comfort, consolation, encouragement, strength, any of those things like no other devotion. I find a richness to the rosary. Some people think that it's just multiplication of prayers. But when you're meditating upon the mysteries and you find something new in each of the mysteries, 
not every day, but on a regular basis, when you pray, you really open yourself up to diving deep into those mysteries of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And with his blessed mother, with our blessed mother right there by his side for almost all of them. So beautiful devotion. I don't know where I would be without it. Mm -hmm. Very powerful devotion as well. Yes, yeah, so it is really so much of the gospel there on beads. So it really is immersing yourself in scripture too when you do when you do that meditation. Uh, I also find that sometimes if you just try and pray for two or three minutes, you don't actually get to the point where you're actually praying. You know, you need some more time for your mind to calm down and your soul to be at peace and for a few distractions to leave. And the rosary allows you some of that time. I agree a hundred percent. That's uh, that's what it does for me. It calms my soul in a way like very few other prayers. Hmm. So what about some practical tips? When do you usually pray the rosary, or do you just find a time for sure? No, I pray typically in the mornings, and sometimes it's when I'm doing my holy hour. Sometimes it's when I'm opening the church. I have my beads in one hand and my keys in my other, <laughs> and I'll walk around and open up the church and pray the mysteries of the rosary and and I find that that sense, you know, some people will say maybe you shouldn't be doing two things at the same time. But I do find a, a, a peace that comes with me and, and a union with Christ that comes as I'm doing something as mundane as opening the church in the morning. Mm -hmm. So that tends to be a lot of times. Sometimes it's when I'm walking the dogs at night. I'll take the dogs out and I'll have my rosary in my hand and I'll pray the Holy Rosary at that time, too. So. Yeah. And then Our Lady comes and says, you know, a couple apparitions in the 20th century. Mm -hmm. She just asks, pray the rosary every day. Absolutely right. So Fatima especially, you know, mm -hmm. she encouraged the three shepherd children to pray the rosary daily. Mm -hmm. One of the practical tips that I've been using lately, I came across an article a couple of years ago, and it talked about inserting one word or a short phrase in the middle of the Hail Mary you familiar with this? I've heard that before, yeah. I've okay, it was that. something that I think, uh, I don't know if it was St. Louis de Montfort or, or not, but there was a saint and then two popes. I might have been Pius Twelfth and John Paul II who recommended this or just had a line somewhere in one of their writings about the rosary. And, uh, and I thought that was pretty interesting, but I've found that it helps me keep my mind focused on that mystery. Absolutely. Um, so like, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, in agony. That would be like the one right, for right. the for the agony in the garden. So I like that, and it's really helped out a lot with our kids. When we're praying the rosary, I tell them the rosary, uh, I mean the mystery, and then I say, what word or what phrase do you want to put in? So then they get to think about it, and for crowning with thorns, they're like, okay, crowned or king or my king or king of kings, and they get to choose a different one every time, and then they can lead that decade. It helps get them engaged and, and also thinking about those mysteries. The other helpful thing I've seen with uh, some rosary aids, I have a small little pamphlet that has a different meditation for each Hail Mary. And so as you pray each Hail Mary, you read just a single sentence meditation that has to do with the mystery. And there mm -hmm. are times where maybe I don't have quite the focus I need to have, and I pull out that book and it returns me every time hmm. to what I should be doing and where my head should be at. So we're talking about these Catholic devotions as optional, but Mary, she's our mom. And she Absolutely. said, do this every day. She sure did. So I do it. I mean, we can we can call it optional, but it is 
very, 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 very highly recommended by our mom and so many saints. Okay, let's go to another one, Eucharistic Adoration. Again, a great source of strength and encouragement and consolation. I find that Eucharistic adoration also helps to calm my soul and just looking at Jesus. You know, and, and I, I think I read somewhere, I don't even know who said it, might have been Fulton Sheen, might have been somebody else, but they said, what do you do in adoration? I look at Jesus and he looks at me. Mm-hmm. And it's just beautiful, uh, that sense of, of oneness with Christ and, and being able to speak to him from the depths of your heart and say, this is what I'm struggling with, Lord. This is what I need your help with. And to feel that sense of response from him, not always verbal, but some kind of affirmation always comes from my time in adoration. Yeah, bringing up Fulton Sheen again, uh, I was listening to years ago a, a talk that he gave, and he did a holy hour every day Absolutely. Of, of his life, of his, of his priesthood at least. So he was giving a conference to priests about the holy hour. He mentioned that sometimes it takes an hour to start, to start praying. Right. You know, and right. he was talking about uh, Jesus in the garden, about could you not spend one hour with me? But even if it's not an hour, just some of that time in front of Jesus, truly present there, that that can just be so tough. That can be so tough to make the time to feel like you're getting something out of it. So you're right. what do you say about that? I think that you need to realize that where you are at that moment is you're in the presence of Christ. So to, to leave the other issues, problems, concerns you may have to the side and that you truly focus upon Christ. So you remember, Tommy, when we were in the seminary, we did a weekend of Eucharistic devotions. The Blessed Sacrament would be exposed all weekend. Mm-hmm. And I always would sign up for an overnight hour. I like the overnight hours. I'm an early riser, but I also like getting up in the middle of the night and, and going to pray. And that kind of did a jump start to me. And I would go into the chapel, and, and you didn't have time to build up distractions in your head because you just woke up. You're just try, still trying yeah. to rub sleep out of your eyes. And so I remember one holy hour I went to, it was about 3 in the morning, and I knelt to pray, and I didn't. I just wasn't thinking of anything. I just was kneeling to pray and said, this is what I guess I need to do when I'm here for this hour. And I felt this intense love from Christ, and in some ways, as I kind of glanced at the monstrance, the host became large, very large, and in a sense so large that it it came towards me and consumed me in a way. Oh, wow. And as I'm describing this, it it, it was so quick. I mean, it it took longer to describe it today Mm -hmm. than it did for happen. It was like an instant. And as soon as it happened, it stopped. And I felt this great rush of love and warmth and I turned back to Jesus and I said, because I kind of had my head to the side when it happened. I turned back and I said, do it again. <laughs> yeah. You know, let Make that happen again. Yeah. And he didn't. Yeah. Uh, he didn't do that for me. He's never done it for me since. But what a powerful moment of adoration for me and reminding me of God's great love for me and, and probably came at a time that I especially needed it. And what a powerful fruit for further meditation of the host consuming you, which is usually it's you consuming the host. That is cool. It was great. It was a really neat thing. And like I said, never happened again, even though I've begged Christ for it to happen again, but Mm -hmm. uh, he gave it to me when I needed it. Yeah. Well, hey, lucky to get it once. That's great. You're absolutely right. 
Don't have any kind of expectation of what you're going to do when you get to a holy hour because you're defeating the purpose of it. Allow God to to carry you where he wants to take you. Mm -hmm. You're not in charge when you walk into that room and Jesus is there. He's in charge. Let him be in charge. Let him do with your soul what needs to be done. Yeah, since he knows. Absolutely. Okay, now what about some saints? And we have this calendar. We have multiple saints just on every day, you know, tens of thousands of saints. How does that play into your spiritual life? I believe the saints are great guides for us. We're often accused of praying to the saints. And certainly I always clarify that we pray for their intercession, just as if I were to ask you to pray for me, uh, we ask the saints to pray for us. And we, we develop a deeper friendship with some of them than with others. And sometimes those friendships come and go. So when I was in the seminary, I had a great devotion to blessed Solanus Casey. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, I remember. Yeah, I thought Solanus Casey, he helped me so much. And the reason for that was that, is that he struggled in the time in the seminary. And actually, when he was ordained, he was only ordained as what they call a simplex priest. He wasn't. They, they deemed that he wasn't smart enough to preach homilies or hear confessions. Hmm. And in some ways, I struggled in the seminary, too. And while they didn't ordain me as a simplex priest, because they don't do that anymore, I did feel a, a great connection with Solanus Casey because of how much I struggled in the seminary academically, and he did, too. Now, again, I did fine. We got out. I got ordained. But it was, it was hard for me. I was a later vocation, and, and the seminary was a challenge. And then as time goes on, you develop other devotions. So my patron saints would tend to be uh, St. Anthony of Padua, who a lot of people have a great devotion to. I do, not just for lost items, but as a great intercessor in a variety of ways. And he was such a powerful preacher. Uh, There's the old account from his life that one time he was preaching to the people and they weren't really listening, so he left. He said, I'm done. I'm not going to preach to you anymore. Went down to the... uh, lakeside or oceanside and he preached to the water and the fish all came out and raised their heads Mm -hmm, to listen mm -hmm. to him i think about him a lot and the power of his preaching and i call upon his intercession to help me with my preaching on a regular basis and then lately i've developed an affection maybe not quite the devotion but an affection for the writing of saint alphonsus Liguori. and the his writing is so powerful and strong i mean really it's 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 strong stuff, and he doesn't sugarcoat a thing. Have you read The Way of Salvation and Perfection? No. By him? Okay, no, I'm not. Because I'm going to buy it for you. Okay? Oh, awesome. Good. I found it, I don't know, used or someplace, yeah. okay? And it's actually who was in my mind 10 minutes ago when I said that there are saints who have written one-page meditations on every yeah. aspect of the spiritual life and on our mortality, and it is so Good. Oh, that's great. It is oh, I look so forward to seeing that. Good. I've read other stuff by him and wasn't that moved, but this stuff was, it was so good. It's in my, it's on my Amazon wish list. It's been in my like shopping cart thing for like a year because there was somebody wow. else I was going to, I was going to buy it for. So now I'll get two copies. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. It's that's beautiful. Very nice. Every meditation he has and he, you know, he goes through, you know, you walk by a cemetery, think about these men's bodies and and how soon they are forgotten on earth really things that make you stop and think and if anybody out there has subscribed to our texting program we do at saint basil the great every tuesday we have a one-line meditation and there were about a hundred that we've done over the past two years that came right from that 
book. Wow. They were just such a good way of articulating things. But he has said, they said, if you have any idea how long eternity is, you would never sin again. He says in this book that if there's one word he could choose for people to meditate on, it would be the E word, eternity. Yeah, that absolutely. That is the word, because everything is wrapped up in there. All right. That is your gift for coming. Well, thank you. That's wonderful. To, Gosh, I'll do it your again. Time with us here. <laughs> so, um, what about novenas? I have a. Uh, I've done a couple novenas in my life. I've done done the novena to the Holy Spirit a couple times. Just some real beautiful and challenging words there. But another story from my life that's kind of funny, I guess, is I was dating Kara, who's now my wife, and we were dating for uh, about two years, two and a half years. And she was wondering, you know, is this guy gonna propose to me? Because she had discerned that she is called to marriage. And if I am just dilly-dallying around, then she's gonna find Mulan. another great man. Mulan. Yes. So she started praying a novena to the archangel Raphael to move our relationship forward. And she did not tell me about this. And she was gonna cut the line and part ways with me after the novena was over. The nine-day novena. And I proposed on day seven, knowing nothing about the novena. That's amazing. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. What about yourself? Novenas play played a part? Most definitely. Most definitely. We do, as a parish, we do one novena a month here. Oh, yeah. Okay, we do wow. it before the morning mass. So novena is something, if you are looking for something short and powerful, it's just nine days. But sometimes getting all nine of those days can be tough. Correct. Because yeah. it's something new that you're doing, and there's certainly going to be opposition to you successfully completing that novena. Now, you've heard of the flying novena that's nine hours in length, and you play you pray like a, a memorari at the top of every hour for nine hours for uh -uh. a very urgent intention. Oh, wow. Uh. So, uh, I, I don't do that one often, but it's helpful in some cases to pray this flying novena. So at the top of every hour, whether you put a little alarm on your phone or whether you just remember, you pray a memorari, you pray for a very specific intention. There's a Catholic author, a convert to the faith. He's an apologist. He's written a few books. And I think he has an app called Pray More Novenas. And that's it. Mm -hmm. So it might be something to check out. Search for that on your, on your smartphone if you got one. Okay, also something that you have gotten involved in is the traditional Latin Mass, Mass in the Extraordinary Form, right? Correct, yes. How often do you celebrate one of those? I celebrate about once a month here. So every first Friday at 8 p.m. we have the Extraordinary Form Mass. Uh, I find it's a nice balance to the ordinary form of the Mass, and, and, mm -hmm. and I find that it has impacted the way I celebrate the ordinary form. Absolutely. So this is a mass that was around for quite a few oh, years, a yeah, couple yeah. centuries or millennium yeah. before the 1960s and 70s. It is a little bit different experience for sure if you have never been to one or if you are younger and, and never had the opportunity or that's not how you went to mass back then. So just give us 15, 20 second description of what to expect at that. Almost everything is in Latin, so it's another language. Usually the priest will celebrate it facing ad orientum, which means facing the east. People often miscorrectly call it his back to the people, but that's not really true. We're all facing the Lord in one mm -hmm. direction. Mm -hmm. 
And there are no extraordinary ministers of Holy Communion. There are no lectors. It's primarily the priest that does everything at the Mass. So there are some real distinct differences. There are some things that with the ordinary form of the Mass we've benefited from. There's only one cycle of readings in the extraordinary form. The ordinary form of the Mass is a three-year cycle. Mm -hmm. We get a lot more scripture with the ordinary form. Uh, But there is a beauty and a simplicity, I believe, to the extraordinary form. And there are less options. People used to say you could go to any church in any country in the world and it would be the same Mass. Right. And that's not as true today for a variety of reasons. So it's a totally valid and legitimate Mass. It Certainly. fulfills the Sunday obligation. And most of the favorite saints that you pray to, I pray to, we all pray to, this is the Mass that they likely attended. Uh, so that's, that's pretty cool to think about. What do you find it has to say to us in 2019? To me, what I find to be very powerful and sometimes very difficult for people is the amount of silence that that occurs in the extraordinary form, especially if you go to a low mass. And a low mass would be a mass without any kind of music Mm -hmm. and without any chanting. And so that sense of silence is sometimes disarming for people because we do live in a noisy world. We do live in a world with constant clamor. And to be able to go somewhere where you just you don't hear anything for a while is hard for folks. That's probably one of the hardest things about the Mass, I think, for people who have it. Mm-hmm. Because you're engaging yourself in a different way. You're engaging your mind in a different way and your heart and soul. And that's one of the hardest parts, yet also one of the parts that, that really can grow on people. Absolutely. Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah, beautiful. It's very beautiful. At first, they're like, what am I supposed to do? I'm not being led, I'm not being told, I'm not being spoken to. But then you say, okay, well, I can pray some prayers right now. Right, you know? right. Or you can you can follow along, you know, with the, with the Roman canon, the Eucharistic prayer. So it seems like this is something that is maybe gaining a little bit of a resurgence. And we have a couple of parishes in Cleveland that celebrate the Latin Mass at different times. So it's something to think about, maybe try out. And- I, I would say try more than once. Because mm-hmm. if you go one time, you're going to be like, oh, my gosh, I couldn't figure out where we were. And I often tell people, every parish you go to that offers the extraordinary form will have usually these red booklets that you can use to follow along. And I often say to people, the first time you come, don't try to follow along in that red yeah. booklet because you're only going to frustrate yourself. Just let the mask Just carry let you. let it wash over you, yeah. Exactly right. Let it carry you. Let it carry your soul to some greater place. Don't try to figure out what's happening. Just appreciate the Mass for what it is. And then later, if you come back again and again, then you begin to follow along. You'll be able to see where the priest is and what's happening. But those first couple of Masses, put the books away. But something to try out. And when when do you celebrate here again? Friday, First Friday evenings at 8 p.m. First Friday evenings at 8 p.m. Something Followed by confessions and a, and a time of adoration. Oh, cool. Let's get them all. So that's a good, uh, I forgot to mention before the hours of the Adoration Chapel at St. Basil's. So on Mondays and Tuesdays, it's noon to 9 p.m. Wednesdays, it's 9.30 a.m. to 9 p.m. Thursdays, it's noon to 9 p.m. And Fridays, it's noon to 6 p.m. You can find that on our website. Any prayer books or special devotions that you have to recommend to people on our way out of here? One one additional devotion that I wanted to remark upon would be devotion to St. Michael the Archangel, which I think is a very powerful devotion as well. 
when I first came to this parish in 2010, that first summer, we had some satanic graffiti spray painted on the church. Oh my! And it was really uh, distressing to me. I hadn't been here that long, and and I was very shook up by it. It was on a Saturday night that it happened. So Sunday morning, I woke up opening the church, and I see this. So I told hmm. the people at the mass, I said, at the end of mass, we're going to pray this prayer to St. Michael. And we began to pray it then, and now we pray it at the conclusion of every mass because of that. And I think it's provided us with, with powerful protection. Mm -hmm. The other reason I have a great devotion to St. Michael is I'm a chaplain for the Cleveland police, and I feel very strongly about supporting them and their good work. And the patron saint for police officers is St. Michael the Archangel. So I call upon him a lot in my work with police because I enter into some very challenging situations. Well, to summarize the main topic here, all this stuff isn't just extra and unnecessary. Do we really need it? That's not the language of love. The language of love is, I want to know you better. I want to serve you better. I want to know how much you love me. And these Catholic devotions we spoke to and a hundred other that we didn't mention can really build out your spiritual life so that you're not just having that drip just once a week at Mass. Got to be praying every day, and these devotions are a great way to do that. There are so many to pick from that you can pick the ones that personally appeal to you and that you like. Well, Father Doug, you are on Facebook, is that right? I am on Facebook. You can find me on Facebook, so Father Doug Brown. You can find our parish on Facebook, Mary Queen of Peace Cleveland, uh, and we're on Twitter and Instagram as well. So awesome. You can follow us or find us and see what we're up to here. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Definitely subscribe if you have not already. Just search. I just did. <laughs> That's right. Father <laughs> Doug, right before we started, subscribe to this podcast. I sure did. Just so you can listen to your own I don't want to listen beautiful to beautiful voice. Absolutely not. I, I really don't like listening to myself when I'm on the Catholic radio station. I can't listen to myself yeah. because it's so disarming. So, <laughs> Well... Thank you so much. I knew you'd have so many good things to share with us beyond just your great radio voice. If you've not yet subscribed to our parish podcast, search for St. Basil Church Brexville in your favorite podcast app. And uh, before we ask for Father's priestly blessing, just want to say if you really want to take your spiritual life to the next level, make sure you are praying every day. Pray that rosary every day as well, like Mama Mary asks us to. Get into some scripture, do Mass, of course, at least every week. Monthly confession will really do a big job. And then every year, if you can get to a retreat or a pilgrimage. And like you mentioned, uh, Solanus Casey, he's he's where? In Detroit? In Detroit. His, okay. his monastery, his body, is his tomb is in Detroit. And it's, it's, it's a nice little trip up there. I don't know what stage of life you're in, but my wife and our two kids, you know, we're starting to think about more these little trips we can take, little pilgrimages, because there are some just amazing places with in our state and just a few states away that you can get to for a cool little trip. And if you drive up to Detroit, you can stop on your way back or on the way there at the Sorrowful Mother Shrine in Bellevue. And that's a beautiful shrine. I mean, there's so many places. To, oh, it's great. It's Bellevue's a little town near Sandusky, and there's just beautiful places to walk, and their chapel's very nice, and they have a big outdoor area for mass. It's great. Yeah, get away from the chores and all the errands that you're running on weekends. Take a little trip. I just want to thank you so much, Father Doug. It was great to see you. And oh, great, great to, to see connect. you, too. 
So this is fun, and I uh, really enjoy this and appreciate what you're doing with the new evangelization and, and reaching out to people who may just listen to us on their phone, doing whatever they do throughout the course of a day. So glad that you tuned in, and, and if you hung in this long, God bless you, really. <laughs> <laughs> and may the blessings of Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit come down upon you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this audio from our parish. You can find other homilies, talks, and interviews at our website, basilthegreat.org, or by subscribing to this podcast in your favorite app. Just search for St. Basil Catholic Church, Brexville. St. Basil the Great, pray for us.